Hey everyone, welcome to episode 181, Emotional Incest Syndrome. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Well, isn't this a heavy couple weeks we're having? I think it's really good to have a couple heavy weeks and then have a couple weeks where we're just talking about light things like the tattle jar and how to do our laundry and systems for organizing our house and having more fun in our marriage and show and tell at home. So I try to mix it up so it's not so heavy duty all the time. I hope I'm able to do this, but I feel like the series that we're going through right now, they really feed off each other. So that's why I kind of have them back to back because they are really good tandem episodes that fit together like a puzzle. And so I heard about emotional incest syndrome. It's from a book called Emotional Incest Syndrome by Patricia Love and OMG, mind blowing stuff for clients. And I've noticed a lot of times I'm talking with clients about the same thing, just different characters and different people in their place, so to speak. Because when you think about it, this is not you being a narcissist, but you are the center stage and you are the main character in your play. And then you have a cast of characters, almost like actors in your play. You have the main characters, then you have supporting characters, then you have the extras, then you have the people backstage, then you have the camera crew, you have the people that are in charge of your teleprompter. When we think about ourselves like our life like being in a movie, we could see so many similarities in other people when we watch their play and watch what's going on in their life. And that same thing that you see in other people is also happening in your life, just with different characters. Obviously, the word incest is very triggering and a very, very tough word. We're not talking about physical incest. We're talking about emotional incest. And the Google says a, best, a better definition than I could ever say. It's a type of abuse that we may have experienced. I have a lot of clients that have experienced this and don't even know that it's a type of abuse in which a parent looks to their child for the emotional support that would normally be provided by another adult. The effects of covert incest on children, they become adults. Even though the word incest is in there, it has nothing to do with sexual incest. It's all emotional. It's an unhealthy family dynamic where a parent relies on their child for emotional and practical advice and support. So when this happens, you are almost like the parent in the relationship when you're seven years old, when you're 10 years old. You're trying to make your mom feel like she's a good mom or you're trying to make your dad feel like he's a good dad. Now you can probably imagine how much responsibility and how much weight this is on a little kid's shoulders. They can't handle it and usually they buckle under pressure and they can be go one of two ways. They become super, super compliant and become the straight A student who doesn't want to make any waves or they become the rebellious teen. So if this is something that you think has happened to you when you were younger, I highly recommend the book Emotional Incest Syndrome by Patricia Love. This is where I'm getting all my facts and data and all my info. And it's a really good book of learning how to reparent yourself when you weren't parented in the way that's most desirable. And when you're able to reparent yourself, then you're not repeating the patterns and using your children as a pawn 
to heal your old wounds in current time. If you had a parent that was super selfish, like they always had, you always had to go into their world and it was always, always about them. They might've been on the spectrum of narcissism or they just might've been super absorbed. They might've been just super self-absorbed. A lot of times we don't want to put labels on it. We just want to say from our point of view as a child, how did we experience this caregiver? So when it was always about them, then you learned how to take the second, you always learned to sit in the back seat. And so in your relationships, when you grow up, you will probably learn to sit in the back seat and be quiet and be small and play small. Sometimes if you were raised by a single parent, the parent uses the child as a sole companion. Like you're my best friend. It's me and you against the world. Let's go. And then you create this enmeshment and codependency that you didn't even know wasn't healthy because your grown up version looks back and was like, huh? My mom's ego or my dad's ego was very triggered. And so they used me as a social, as a social companion and a soul companion because I was safe because maybe they had been hurt in previous relationships. So they're like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that whole marital relationship thing again. So now I'm going to use my child as a pawn to get that fix and to get that enmeshment and get that codependency. Maybe your parent complained about relationships with the other parent. If you were living in two different homes, it was a divorced home. And one parent complained about the other or about the siblings or about the other family members to you. And you became like the counselor or the ear for your mom or for your dad. That's really hard to absorb when you're 10 years old, when you're five years old, when you're 15 years old. That's not your role because then you're acting as the parent in that parent-child relationship where that's your chance to be a child. And that's a lot of pressure to be the parent's primary emotional support where it's like, if I leave, whether it's to college or I go leave to go to this party or I get other friends, then I'm going to be leaving him or her in the dust. Or they relied on you for a lot of advice or they vicariously lived through you, whether it was dreams unfulfilled and they wanted you to fulfill them for them, or it was dreams that were fulfilled for them. And then they wanted you to repeat those patterns and repeat those dreams. And if you didn't do the path of what they thought you should do, then you were doing it wrong. So you're your brain starts to think in very black and white thinking. I have to do it like mom or dad says, or else that love supply will be cut off. And when we're younger, that love supply is like our oxygen. We don't know any difference. So we just go to our caregivers to learn how to connect. And if that is a frayed or jaded or unhealthy or toxic connection, we think that that's the only way it should be. And then we go recreate it in our adult relationships. If you did try to branch away, let's say you started to get a boyfriend or a girlfriend or other friends, or you were really close to your aunt or really close to your uncle or really close to a neighbor's parent, and your parents saw that relationship or connection as a threat and poo-pooed it and pushed you away from doing that. That kind of sent the message to yourself, your little version self of you that didn't know any different, that my only job in life is to keep mom or dad happy so I can get more of that oxygen and get more of that supply. The love was very conditional and you learned it had to be this way or else the supply would be cut off. Or maybe your parents were always looking to you for their self-esteem whether it's to do well in school, to do well in sports, to do well in your relationships, because then it would make them feel like they were being a good parent. And then you also, they might be asking you or fishing for compliments. 
Am I a good parent? Am I good enough? Am I worthy? And am I valuable? Tell me, show me, and do it for me over and over and over on an unhealthy level. And then what the little version of us learns is that that is how we get love. It just becomes super compliant, super people-pleasing, care about what other people think, and then your mission in life is to make that other person happy. And they might be happy for a little bit, but usually it's short-lived. And so it's almost like a brainwash that you might have been through where your parent sends the message, don't you worry, I'm the only person that you have. I'm the only person who has your back. I'm the only person that understands you. No one else does. It's me and you against the world. You might have felt like you were the favorite child and that's a really good feeling to have when you're seven years old, but then it's so much pressure because you don't want to lose that crown of being a favorite child. I have coached clients who were the favorite child. I have coached clients who were not the favorite child and it was definitely favored to the other sibling. When that happens, both ways it backfires. It's too much pressure on the favorite child because they feel like their oxygen supply could be cut off at any moment if they get an A minus or they don't make the home run, or they don't bowl the strike in bowling. And then the one that's the non-favorite child, it backfires because they never feel good enough. So they're always seeking external validation when they become a grown-up because they never felt like they were the chosen one when they were younger. And so they become an excessive people pleaser and caring way what other people thought because they're trying to get that hit of connection and validity that they couldn't get from mom or dad, and they're gonna get it from the outside sources, whether it's their job, their spouse, their boyfriend's girlfriends, their social circle, their grades. Do you see how this can backfire? So no child should ever feel like they are the ones in charge and the parents, so to speak, of your parent when you were younger. Now this is really good to know because then when you know this, you won't create these same relationships and these same dynamics in our relationship with our kids now. We get to do it a different way. We get to do it however we want to do it. And this is where you get your power back and you're not repeating patterns. But the ego just goes on autopilot and that's what unconscious behavior happens because it just replaces and repeats old conditioning and old consciousness. And because we didn't know any different, then we become a grown-up, we just do what we didn't know any, that was even different, that we didn't even know was wrong, that we didn't even think that was inappropriate or weird or off or awkward. And then we set up that same dynamic sometimes with our own children. And that's where it gets us jammed up because we have something that happens called trauma bonding. And we're going to get into that next week, but pretty much it's a way to try to heal that old wound in current time. And then we end up re-injuring ourselves over and over and over. And then we're wondering, wait, 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 wait. This is the dynamics that I had when I was younger in my play. Why am I now creating the same dynamic in my adult kids? And I swear, I'm sorry. Why am I creating the same dynamics as an adult with my own kids? And I swore on a stack of 7,000 Bibles that I would never, ever make my child feel that way. And so then we beat ourselves up because we're just doing what unconsciousness taught us. And that's why consciousness is so powerful in all of our relationships. So awareness is key because then you get to parent in the way that you want to parent, not the way that you were parented if it was a less than ideal situation. Just like they say on the Facts of Life song, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there you have the Facts of Life. And then you get to recreate this when you're older and not create that same dynamic with your children, with your spouse, with your mother-in-law, with your friendships, with your greedy, good grandpappy. 
awareness is key. And then you learn how to speak a new language and then you teach that language to your kids. And when the kids know this language, then they go and recreate that when they're older. And it's something that you know that you're passing off this baton of health and worthiness and non-toxicity. You're passing on that to your kids and then they will pass it on to their kids and they will have more harmony in their home. So this work doesn't stop with us. It's creating a legacy of their, our kids don't know any different. So we want to pass them the baton of unconditional love. So when they go out into the world and they recreate their own four walls, they will pass on that baton of unconditional love as well. And then we're not, they're not going to spend so much time trying to heal old wounds in current time because they're going to be proud to pass on the baton. And they're going to find them some things that you did awesome and recreate that and repeat that. And then the things that didn't work for them, they're not going to recreate that. And they're not going to repeat that. And that's okay. We don't want carbon copies of us. We don't want little clones running around. They're going to take the good. They're going to take the bad. They're going to take them both. And there you have the facts of life. And in that, you'll have more harmony in the home. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas. Thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really wanna fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, What was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening? I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.